0: Hello everyone, we are once again in another exciting episode of Cyber Prophets. Cyber Prophets, the podcast where we are prophesizing the future of technology. Today, we're having a quite technical topic. And for that reason, I am here sitting with my brother from another
1: mother, Federico. Welcome everyone. Hopefully you're ready to learn new topics tonight.
0: Yes. As i was mentioning we have a quite technical topic today what is it federico
1: it's cloud native
0: cloud native have you ever heard about it so we'll be looking at what does that mean what does it imply to build cloud native applications we'll mention some advantages and disadvantages and we'll have a follow-up video talking about the second approach the alternative approach, which we'll I'll talk more about in, the, in this video. So let's start. First of all, what is cloud native? According to a formal definition, cloud native is the software approach of building, deploying and managing modern application in cloud computing environments. Okay. For that, there's like an official institution. This institution is called the Cloud Native Computing Foundation. The Cloud Native Computing Foundation, C N C F, and they have defined a list of um, a list of items that are necessary for building a cloud native application architecture. And this list includes first immutable inf- infrastructure second, microservices, third, declarative APIs, fourth, containers, and fifth, service meshes. So this is all like the theoretical background of what we need to know, but it sounds very abstract. So let's review it a bit. First of all, let's go back to the cloud native. Federico, when I say cloud native, what do you understand?
1: For me, it's an approach of developing apps using specialized services created by Google Cloud, AWS, Microsoft Azure, or any organization, because what they do is that they take certain technologies, let's call it like cloud functions that are specialized to do one specific action. Let's Mm -hmm. say that you create a report, and they give you the infrastructure to build only that report in a very efficient way in a precise and specific environment and they provide you all the infrastructure for building it easily without all a lot of workarounds okay, the servers the configurations but they provide you everything let's say encapsulated in one place
0: okay yeah and can you give us like uh, some real life examples where you have used for instance a cloud native approach to develop
1: software yeah. In one of the the most common examples are the reports, because we use a lot of Lambda functions that consumes specific queries from SAP HANA, SQL Server, or many other solutions. And these specific solutions, we just call them, they generate an Excel or a CSV or any specific file that we require. We export the Excel or the files, and we share it with the user via email, and after that, the application dies. It's just okay. one action, it's not constantly running, it's just mm-hmm. one action that we call. And it's extremely fast and cheap in comparison with other solutions. That you it's need basically to keep this service running all the time. It's basically just like one function to create this report. Yes. And that's it. That's it. It it dies after. Yeah. It will have a completely different ip every time that you're running it so if you need to have a specific ip ip is not going to work
0: and is this something specific for uh cloud for aws for instance or is it available on
1: on the different platform providers it is available. In the case of AWS, it's called Lambda. In the case of Microsoft, it's called Azure Functions and the other one is Google Cloud Functions. But technically speaking, all of them are the same. But it's not only restricted to these. You have, for example, databases. Microsoft okay. has Microsoft Azure, 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 Azure SQL, SQL Azure, sorry, that's Microsoft SQL Azure, and then you have Amazon Aurora that technically they are cloud native databases in the sense that they provide me that service, I don't need to take care of any configuration or support of those databases, and I just consume them. And they are highly specialized for their clouds. And something that you will notice is that, for example, in the case of Amazon Aurora, you have access to Postgres and um, and let's say a kind of Postgres and a kind of MySQL inside, and -hmm. the kind of SQL Azure is a kind of Microsoft SQL Azure, a Microsoft SQL Server. So
0: in the case of the function to send the reports that you were mentioning in the example that you gave us, I can clearly see the benefit because you say that it basically its lifetime is reduced to the time that it is actually doing something. Right? Now if there is no server running. In the background or like how, how does it work? How does it listen
1: to the request to the incoming requests? Technically speaking, there is a server. The server is just hidden from the user. And you don't mm-hmm. take care of that server. It's something that Amazon provides you or Microsoft or any provider. What mm-hmm. they have is that they have probably a listener in, in the between that is checking okay, there is a call coming here. And then it's gonna create a, a a one-time call. The okay. only disadvantage that is visible in this is that you will have always a call the start. And that means that every time that you start an application, is if it has too many frameworks, too many libraries, and too many things, it can be very slow because it needs to load all this data every single time because it dies at the end of the process
0: okay i see so there are clearly also some disadvantages in the use of these kind of functions
1: yeah
0: right okay so maybe let's let's just like focus on that if there are like advantages as we can see but there are also disadvantages what are like some common scenarios where these kind of functions can be useful or this cloud native approach can be useful
1: I will say that while you don't have very sensitive data that can, that should be stored in a, let's say an isolated server or data center, I will say that you can use cloud native almost in every scenario. Another situation that that you might not necessarily use it is when your company is like risk adverse to be locked in. Because another disadvantage of using mm-hmm. functions or rather, of these services provided by the Clouds is like, let's su- suppose that your company gets angry with the provider for any reason, there is an increment and they don't want to pay for that increment, and they told you tomorrow, well, you're going to move from Microsoft Azure to Google Cloud overnight. Okay. If you went into the usage oh. of Cloud native solutions, there are many possibilities. One case is that let's suppose that you're using a service that is Azure specific and doesn't exist anywhere else. Those cases exist. Mm-hmm. And when you face that situation, let's say SQL Azure, you will be in a very difficult position because SQL Azure is not exactly SQL Server. They are similar, but they are not the same. And if you try to do the migration, good luck. Most likely you will fail because you have to rewrite a
0: lot of code.
1: A lot of code. Yeah, and that's a huge disadvantage because, well, it creates a dependency on you. But the the advantage that gives you this is that it's highly specialized, so you know that anything that is running under cloud native is going to be more efficient. But on the other hand, if you need to switch providers or you have a multi-cloud approach or something like that, it can be tricky. Okay, so one of the disadvantages that we have
0: is like uh, the login, you are locked to a specific provider. Yep. Another disadvantage that we mentioned before was that it can take some time to load your function if it has like, like a lot of data in the background. But on the other side, you mentioned that among some amongst the advantages is like the it is more efficient, you said, right? Yeah. So, the question is, and I would like to address this efficiency from two perspectives. The first one, is it more efficient in terms of computing? Let's say that your function will run faster, or is it more efficient in terms of pricing? Because cloud services, uh, like especially if we're talking about big companies can, can be quite expensive. Uh, so how do how do they perform in terms of pricing
1: as well? I will say that from one side you are encouraged as a developer to write better code since if you would like that the application runs faster you are forced to to be a better coder than in the common scenario that you rely that your server consumes eight gigas or nine or I don't know ten twelve gigas so from one from in, on on that side you are lazy and you might have a lot of libraries that you don't need and you will not check the the configuration file okay. so it encourages you to become a better coder and, and to optimize it yeah i agree that in many scenarios you will not be able to reach the best performance and it might be slower in some cases but from from the money perspective it's also more it is cheaper because you need to know, like, only if you have, I don't know, a very huge, huge number of calls every single minute or second or something like that. Most likely, it will be better to create a service. But in that case, it's not something that is running temporarily, but it's something that is constantly running. So, if your application is yes. create the, the service over and over again, then it's not it's, it's it's a service. It's not like a one-time call. Yeah, yeah, makes sense.
0: Yeah, and especially it's true what you mentioned about like your service running, and if you leave it just running, can be very expensive. We have all seen these memes. Uh, where it's like I forgot to turn off the instance in some cloud computing, and then you have like a huge number coming on your bill. So that can, that can be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have. Uh, So far, mentioned some advantages and disadvantages. Among the advantages is that it can be more efficient, it can have a less, uh, or like a better pricing framework, let's call it like that. And the disadvantages part, like can cannot be, these kind of functions are not appropriate for some instances, and also you run the risk of being locked to a specific cloud provider. Do you have any other advantages or
1: disadvantages that come to your mind? Another advantage is that the, in the cloud native approach, you have many other services, like for example, Elastic Container Service, that is a service that allows you to run a kind of private cluster for managing multiple applications. They are often called in other environments Kubernetes. And what mm-hmm. AWS create is their own, let's say, own environment to run their, their own Private source Kubernetes, let's call it like that. I'm not sure the technology behind because it's private. But what they do is allow you to use a kind of private source Kubernetes to handle multiple apps, multiple applications. And the greatest advantage is that your starting point is zero cost. Well, in Kubernetes, mm-hmm. the moment that you create it, you start failing. Because this is a normal, easy to instance that is a virtual machine. While the other is, well, we provide you some space somewhere in our environment, and you pay until you create your task. And there are many, many services. There are containers, there are databases, there are, let's say, cache options, and pretty much any solution that comes to your mind, the providers, the cloud providers, will provide you like their own, let's say, cloud agnostic that you can do your own configurations under cloud-native solution what's the objective probably of these companies is that you keep using their services so you don't switch providers. That's why I give you yeah. one that is easier to use, and you don't need to do all this configuration on your own. So mm-hmm. pretty much anything that you would like to do, there will be an alternative. There are like DB, there is a NoSQL database, and of course you have MongoDB as another option. Okay. You can choose which one meets your needs.
0: There's always an alternative. Yeah. And since we're talking about like the alternatives, what is the alternative to cloud
1: native? You will have cloud agnostic.
0: Yes. Okay, Federico, I know that we're going to talk about this in a future video, but can you give us like a short introduction of what is that?
1: Cloud agnostic is technically the possibility to use any of your applications among different providers without being locked in. So if you have, an, let's say, Postgres database running AWS, and one day you get angry with AWS, let's move it to Google Cloud, and you just move your data and nothing goes wrong. Or technically, nothing should go wrong because life is not necessarily perfect.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right, that's right. But that's uh, yet a topic for our next video for our audience listening to us. And next week, we're going to talk about cloud agnostic. We have prepared for you a series of topics about cloud, which are divided in cloud native, cloud agnostic, and later on, we'll talk about the multi-cloud approach, the multi-cloud strategy. We'll be listing all of the advantages of disadvantages of each approach so that you can decide what fits your purpose better. And on that note, I would like to wrap up for today. Thank you very much, Federico, for this discussion. It was uh, very fruitful. And our audience, don't forget to subscribe. Every week, we are bringing you new and innovative topics. We are testing new technology. We are on board with the new concepts that are out there in the industry about software development. Don't forget to subscribe. And we'll meet again next week. Bye-bye.